Hey you guys, welcome to the Estonian Experience with Stu and Jay. I'm Stuart. I'm Jason and today we are featuring our very special guest, Mr. Genka. Hi. Oh, welcome. Now your real name is Henry Kurvitz and Kurvitz means what in English for those who don't know? Pumpkin. Okay, and we were talking a few minutes ago, people actually call you pumpkin all the time. Not all the time, some of them who tr is trying to be funny they are. Are they succeeding being funny? Nope. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Don't yeah. call him. So you and I have actually worked together on two other projects. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you remember the first one? Uh, I think the first one was radio, radio yeah. two. Mm -hmm. I was uh, what do you call the chief manager or yeah. chief station manager. Station manager. And uh, I tried to a little bit um, freshen up the station. So and this time I think was the time when comedy. The stand-up comedy mm -hmm. culture was born in Estonia, yeah. and then, and I heard about you guys. I think, or somebody called me, and I don't know exactly what happened, but you were in a station and making a, a, a program in English and made jokes. So that was your fault for the entire program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing, uh, for those of you who don't know, most people don't know that there was a movie called The Chuck Band Show, and uh, he reprised his role as my station manager, and my character gets cancer and doesn't die, unfortunately. Uh, but it was a it was a huge success of a movie that wasn't actually successful. No yet, not, not yet, not yet. We're not going to talk about. We'll that see now. in Canada in the near future. Oh, uh, dude, don't know if you have any secrets. Uh, what have you been up to since then? You know, we've had a lot of changes in the world have been happening. You know, well, actually. Nothing. I released the album, uh, what I have. Uh, I was working a uh, whole uh, last year. I released it uh, in uh, this year in January, and uh, I was thinking that uh, usually after you release the album, then it's gonna be like a tour or something and performances and stuff like that. But now we are here. No, no tours, no live. So an album. Are, are you a musician? Well, not, not the musician, uh, I'm a performer. Ouch! <laughs> I'm just having fun. Uh, not everybody watching this uh, is familiar with Estonia, that's why we're doing this podcast in the first place. So Genka is basically one of the best known uh, musicians, performers in the country, and he's basically considered the godfather of Estonian hip-hop. Godfather. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask uh, one other thing. Do you have any fun memories from when we were doing the Chuck Van Show? That's not your first time acting. I know that you've done you've done in quite a few movies. Well, I think all the, uh, all the filming procedure is very funny. Every time, you, even if you do the serious movie, but uh, I really like the one where we were in a bar and <laughs> had to drink. Yeah, we actually did end up drinking. We ended up drinking, and, and uh, yes, and that was the fun part. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that, that was fun. <laughs> I think that's the scene that I was supposed to be in, right? Oh, uh, I don't remember. And um, yeah, and I was somewhere when I was in Tokyo or whatever, so well, the, I missed the, the drinking. Yeah, the problem, for those of you who don't know, we're almost out of time for our first segment. Uh, for those of you who don't know, basically, we were having trouble acting drunk, so we decided let's just actually get drunk and then act. Well, method that's, acting, that's method acting. Yeah, yeah, and uh, how you call it? director asked me, okay, now you're a little bit too drunk, try to be a little <laughs> bit less drunk. Now this is a little bit more drunk, so you have to like 
find the levelness of drunk or level of drunkness in your inside of you. So you go, okay, I'm not okay. I'll try to be a little bit more drunk, <laughs> well, less drunk. A funny thing, kind of connected with that. I think maybe you heard me say it at one of the premieres or something. Uh, where there's a scene where my character has to vomit, and so they gave me all sorts of food to keep in my mouth and just spit out. Mm -hmm. But after doing three or four takes of this, I actually did vomit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually did vomit for real, and then the producer said, or the director said, oh, I think the last one was better, more believable. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have two kids, uh, you have two kids, I you have eight. like eight kids. Three. Uh, three, okay, <laughs> eight, three, same thing. Feels uh, like eight. Feels like eight. Is it too much? No, it's enough. <laughs> Approximately how old are you kids? Uh, well, my girl is uh, ten, and the boys are four and two, and okay. uh, the, we call boys uh, in home, we call them tutors. <laughs> because they are the the rule, the the main men. So <laughs> that's, that's German for Führer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you said uh, too much or too many kids in the house. Uh, as I was mentioning to you before in class, I mean I'm, I'm Latino and coming from Costa Rica, being one of five is actually considered a small family. My mom is one of eighteen and my father is one of thirteen. So. But in the Latino world, I think that the, the you have always like grandmother and grandfather around, right? Forever until yeah, yeah, well, that's that's the that's the big big difference. Why do you have so many kids though in, in Latin American countries? Well, you know, we don't we don't have cable until like recently, so. And the, the second thing is that uh, you're from Costa Rica, mm -hmm. so you have like a warm weather all the time. If right. they piss you off, then you just like kick them out from the door. What? Or there's, you, you just sit there on the, like, well, we are like so small people living in a small apartment, you're just sitting That's in a one room. Well, yeah, but if it's, a, if it's Costa Rica, a Central American country, it's going to be Catholic. Which well, exactly. Yeah, I was no just going to say, divorce. exactly. No, you can't yeah. get divorced. You're not supposed to wear any condoms or whatever. So they're just popping kids like crazy. You know, what I'm going to tell you. Like pills, okay. Uh, <laughs> you pop them like you sell them, you import them illegally to the oh, States. Nice. Uh, so I found out something from you, I was very surprised. We were talking uh, on set of that movie. Uh, you used to be a summer camp counselor. Yeah, I was, like 20 years ago when I was yeah. in university. I uh, went to North Carolina, somewhere, I don't know, somewhere up in the hills, uh, in the forest, for two summers. Appalachia. Yeah, and I was thinking that uh, they told me that uh, you're gonna be like a basketball coach there, but actually I had to like uh, I was teaching any, everything to uh, rappelling, uh, acting, uh, archery. We shoot guns and shotguns. And for how long you were there? Uh, first year there was like three months, and uh, second was uh, four months because. I found out that uh, after the kids leave the camp, then uh, the old people come and you don't have to do anything, just play cards with them and they tip you a lot of money. So I was just sitting one month and, hey, what's up? You, you also do that, right? Uh, not with the old people. I didn't steal money from old people. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you told me that, didn't you go rafting on the Natahala River? Does that sound familiar? Uh, no, we didn't rafting. Okay, because remember, I, I'm from Wisconsin, but I used to live in. I went to high school in South Carolina, so mm. I went to Boy Scout camp in North Carolina all the time, and we always went rafting down the Nantahala River. But I also worked as a summer camp counselor uh, for seven summers, mm -hmm. doing the exact same thing: like riflery, archery. Mm -hmm. uh, I was the kayak instructor. Yeah. Uh, you were with a Y camp, right? A YMCA camp. Yeah. yeah that's, that's I thought you said the White Camp. I was like, what? The White Camp in North Carolina yeah. would not be surprising. Uh, all right. <laughs> so I, I just want to understand. Like, do you think that um, do you think that summer camps are actually a thing in Estonia? I've, I've heard that they have a few, but do you know anything about it? Well, we have camps, uh, yeah, and people, uh, kids go to camps, and, and I, but I was 
uh, it, 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 when I was a little kid, I didn't go any camps because uh, I went to my grandpa grandparents' house and we have a camp not very far away from our house and somehow everybody kept saying that the kids from the camp, they are, you know, not, not, not as cool as the, the rest <laughs> kids with their grandparents. So well, I was testing the camp idea all my life, so I didn't go to... I went to the sporting camps later, but not as a kid. I, I hate it. Well, this is the kid who's not cool. Yeah? <laughs> so we were just talking about camps and we were talking about our experience. One of the questions that I always had uh, from people from another country, like myself going to America, is how good was your English when you went to America the first time? Well, the thing was that in high school I was learning French and only like two years of English. And I thought I'm good in English, but I'm still not good. And I learned all my English probably from... Uh, I was listening a lot of metal music oh, nice. and from the lyrics. So I know, probably knew like four different words for... Uh, casket and guts and <laughs> stuff like that, but you know the, the, the basic stuff. But I was thinking that I'm good in English. But second year when I uh, returned, they said like, "Oh, your English got so much better." The last year, year when we asked, "What's your name? Uh, how tall are you?" You said, "My name is Henry." <laughs> and they said like, "I have Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, accent." And then I said, like, yes, of course I do, because Arnold Schwarzenegger is my cousin. Oh, nice. <laughs> and they were like, really? Yes, of course. And I got a lot of, like, street cred from that. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of your summer camp? I'm just curious. Camp Cheerio. Camp Cheerio. Yeah. Oh, that's boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mine was Camp Nano Bosho. That's like a Captain Crunch. Sounds like Full Native American or something. Yeah. Well... Uh, actually, that was a very, very cool experience for me. Uh, actually, uh, this is was this was the time when I learned that hip hop is not just music, but like a culture. A culture, yeah. And stuff. It, it, it gave me a lot, a lot of things for my rest of my life. So, so basically, like the foundation of your hip hop career started in the North Carolina. Well, uh, I started before that just like write lyrics. And when the first, uh, I don't know, Beastie Boys and Public Enemy came out, but when I went there, then was this uh, golden era of hip hop, like all the Wu Tang and then and, and, and Snoop Dogg came out. And, Who were they? Well, Get out famous, of here. Famous, I'm from New York, I know. <laughs> and then I understand that uh, this time in Estonia, I was like, you are the rapper, you are the metal guy, you are the Tepish Mode guy, you are the. Bullshit music guy. Kind of young guy. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> there, I understand that everybody was listening like hip hop. I was like, oh yeah, this is something more than just music. So something has to. Uh, when the you know ordinary white kid picks up the CD of Wu Tang Clan, it has to be something else than just music. Yeah, I mean, it's the way you dress, the way you address yourself, yeah, the people, country, the way you yeah. walk. Everything is yeah, influenced yeah, yeah. to it. My my high school in South Carolina was uh, mostly African American. And so I was, you know, not in the majority. We had a lot of white people there. So it wasn't like I was one of five. In fourth grade in Savannah, Georgia, that's where I went to fourth grade. I was one of six white kids in the entire school. So I grew up listening to a lot of rap. That's what I heard. And then I discovered Easy e yeah, oh, in like 1988 or something like that. Nobody move, nobody get hurt. I love that stuff. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's why I played saxophone in a funk band instead. <laughs> 
for, for me, you know, growing up, we actually, Costa Rica has a big influence in reggae because we are next to Panama. In Panama, when they had the Panama Canal, we had a lot of ja uh, uh, Jamaicans coming into the area. Mm -hmm. They actually settled there. So I grew up mostly with reggae, but obviously rap and, and what, we, what we call rap back in the day was uh, more like a, an evolution of that spirit, you know. So when I moved to New York, I was completely submerged into what it was yeah. like a Latino rap environment. So it was quite a good experience. I, I'm not a rapper, so. Well, all the rap and hip-hop music actually came from the Caribbean as well. All the reggae is like a grand grandfather of the hip-hop. That's that's where the, all the culture and all the, all the essence of the music actually came from. I've actually listened to, uh, what do you call it, dance hall? I think oh, yeah. Yeah. The dance hall music yeah. and the lyrics that they have, like from Jamaica. Holy shit, every single one, like whenever they have a woman rapping or singing, she's talking about, oh yeah, I keep my pussy clean, like what the hell? You know, it's, well, it's good lyrics. to know when somebody yeah, keeps their pussy clean. You have yeah. to keep it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, I have been divorced twice. It's, uh, I, I support like... Uh, wait, wait, how many times? Twice. Twice. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to be a third one. But that, that's like basically why I support, you know, uh, same-sex marriage equality. They also... Everybody they, deserves they need the to right. suffer as well. Everybody deserves the right to get a divorce. That's how I see it. <laughs> so you guys are both married as well, right? Yes. Why? Uh, because I needed a green card. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you need for public transportation. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, my wife is the biggest importer here. I mean, I'm an export sales manager by profession, and uh, my wife likes to import. I mean, most of the women that I know here, they like to import men. Tell me why. Why? What's wrong with Estonian men that women are importing their own <laughs> from abroad? <laughs> Uh, what's wrong with the Estonian guys? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> A lot. Yes, we don't have time for that. What is wrong with you, Henry? <laughs> we don't have time for that. Well, I like to get a hint. I mean, no, I'm happy that she picked me, but, you know, I guess Stuart is not so happy. But anyways. <laughs> I think Estonian guys are, are, Estonian men are weird. They are like, I don't know, it's very hard to explain the, the concept of Estonian men. Sometimes they are like very, very quiet. And, and, and don't say any words and the next second they just get really crazy and, and drunk and <laughs> start talking about talk some bullshit that I've never heard before and it's a weird 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 race <laughs> <laughs> well you heard it guys from an Estonian man, uh, I'm an Estonian <laughs> man yeah, yeah. I've always noticed how Estonian men like to gather around cars kick tires and talk about nothing and there one uh, tire kicking. All the there, time. there was one uh, international, um, uh, well, bunch of a uh, lot of people from in, uh, different countries. I was actually working in uh, Sako Brewery for six years, and every time all the Latvians, Lithuanians, and Russians and all came together to talk about how the business goes. And the Lithuanians they made a promotion for one beer where they mock a Estonian guy because they are so slow. And they, and they asked, oh, what, what do you think? It was, oh, this is nice, this is nice. And I was the only Estonian guy. I was like, excuse me, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. But we are not so slow, I think. No, I mean, I've never heard that before. Have you ever heard this Estonian people are slow? Actually, in America, we always think about Polish people being slow. Mm. No, Pol we tell Polak jokes. Yes, yes, all the time. Yeah. But I've Estonian never. You've been in Jamaica? Yes. Fucking slowest people, you know. but it's you know it's even the same. I have the fastest one. Yeah, yeah, they have. I, that's 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 the thing that they have fastest women and uh, fastest men well, on that, the earth. But everywhere, I was checking my passport. I was, please give your passport. <laughs> and it took like ten minutes. You know, like, 
Well, you have to remember that, first of all, they're government employees. And second of all, it's like, for example, in Costa Rica, it's the same way, same pace. And we call it Pura Vida. Pura means pure, Vida means life. Yeah. So we are here to enjoy life. And work is just on the way. So that's why I'm defending my Jamaican people, Yaman. So <laughs> that's no, the only Jamaican reason why. people are cool, but they are, that's who I met was very, very slow. I never, I never, never knew about Estonian people being slow. I met uh, I've heard jokes about it, but I haven't actually noticed it myself. But I was asked a few years ago, like maybe eight years ago by ATV, ETV to film like a two minute clip in Estonian about what I have learned from Estonian men. Mm -hmm. And I decided to make like a whole joke thing out of it, but I was terrified. I was certain that once it got aired on national television, I was going to get my ass kicked every time I stepped outside. Instead, I was told that it was the second most shared video in the entire month of February, second only to all of the Sochi Olympics together. And basically I was just, you know, I, I went to a bar and people would say, oh, it's you, you're the guy making fun of Estonians. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, no, it was great. Yeah, we're, we're Estonian guys. No, we are like a bunch of dickheads, but... Uh, <laughs> So one of the things that I want to talk about right now is we were just talking about in the last episode about families, about Estonian men in general. I have a question for you. I've noticed that, I mean, I've been here since 2008 on and off, and I'm married to an Estonian woman, but I've noticed the same thing. Most Estonian couples that I've met, first of all, you guys don't get married right away, which is strange for me. Uh, and then you live together for 10, 15, 20 years, get a house, have children, have everything. Then they decided to get married. In most, of the, in most of the cases that I have, they get married, and a year or two, they get divorced. What changes when the moment you sign a paper, for your experience, maybe you have done it, I'm not sure if you have done it or not, but maybe you know somebody. What, in your opinion, changes when an Estonian man signs a document saying that you are attached to this woman? Wait, wait a second. When they get divorced after a year or two, do they continue to live together? Or do they no, actually, they don't. They, they separate. They actually split up completely. And this is, I mean, I can tell you off the top of my head, at least 12 couples that I know. They have been together for 10, between 10 and 20 years. And then get married. And then they get married, and literally a year or two, they get divorced. Why? Well, that's a good question, actually. I, I really don't have an answer for that. Uh, Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, have you had this kind of, uh, you know... Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people who have been uh, living together and then get married. But I don't know. It's probably it's some kind of cultural thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe in uh, the world where uh, somehow the church somehow or, or, or religion gives you that you have to get married, you can't live together. I don't know that. But they say that the Estonia is a very atheist country. But uh, as soon as the Christmas comes, everybody is just running to the uh, to, churches to get the day off. <laughs> and even traditional Estonian food like yeah. mandarins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't have answer. For yeah, that. for me, I mean, I always been asked around all the time because I really can't comprehend the fact that you know nothing changes really. I mean, you've been together with this person for so long, and maybe it's some kind of fear that if you make it like official, then uh, starts this uh, official marriage thing happen, and then you. Some sort of ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not the ownership, but you start acting more like a husband and wife, and then you get divorced pretty soon. I don't know. So we, we, uh, luckily for us, we have an expert in divorce. So what's your opinion on that? <laughs> well, since you asked me about divorce, I can give you some official statistics about Estonia. Fewer than half of all marriages in Estonia actually survive till the end. You can only define a successful marriage as ending in the death of one or both partners. <laughs> no, it's true that like fewer than or more than half of uh, all marriages in Estonia end in divorce. And I, I think Estonia is tied with Sweden for the number one divorce rate in the world. But fewer than only something like 30% of all couples actually get married. 
and then half of them get divorced. So it's like marriage basically just isn't really important for most Estonians. That's, that's, that's the, thing is, the thing in Estonia is uh, that we have more women than men in Estonia. And we have, as you know, very beautiful women in Estonia. Yes, definitely. So maybe men, they are just like... They are a little bit afraid to commit with one person, and they're just well, wait a minute. I'm just looking around a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know. No, I get that part from the point of view of a man. I get it if you want to shop around and, and see maybe you find something younger or whatever the case is. But why get it married then if you're still shopping around? So then finally, okay, yeah, I didn't find anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you're married, right? Yeah. If I can ask you, why did you decide to get married? Why married? Why not just have this Baba Abielu, this uh, free marriage, you know, living in sin, in other words? Well, we thought that let's make it like official, official. Uh, and then we are uh, just. Just it was just the right, the right thing to do yeah, right for you. Do, yeah. How long have you been married? Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> five. <laughs> but we have been together like thirteen years. Something. Oh, okay. So you're getting divorced soon? <laughs> no, 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 no. He already passed the two-year mark, so you're good. Oh yeah, the two-year mark. That sounds about right. <laughs> why did you get married? Like why? <laughs> Why would you do this to yourself and your partner? I'm not going to say that, but no, I, I wanted to talk more like uh, we were going to talk about like the differences between like uh, you know Costa Rican weddings, American weddings, Estonian weddings. Uh, for those of you who don't know, traditional Estonian weddings last three days. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> well, the first uh, first day probably is uh, like official uh, uh, wedding night, and uh, <laughs> and you have guests and you have room. You you can. Like party as you have to, you are a little bit nervous, and then you you are maybe uh, with your wife, not with your friends this time. But next day, then everything is like you know regular life. Regular life. Then then you get <laughs> the the, uh, the friends who stay over, or depends how you have organized the things. Then the second day is like uh, the uh, the party. So the first day is party as well, but the second day is party when the, the guys start to drink. So first day is like party in moderation because yeah, yeah, yeah. in-laws and everybody's there. Yeah. So but it's the same people all the three days on the road or is but more people come the second day or no, did you exchange them or something? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, for example, hey guys, it's day two. Come on, it's your turn. <laughs> the, the only reason I'm asking because you know my, my wedding was very short and very small. It was like eight people all together, so I didn't have the traditional Estonian wedding. Uh, but you know, you tell me there's the second days for the friends. Yeah, I, I, I had like more than 100 people there, so probably uh, half of them stayed to the second day. Some of them just have to go to work or something. Some are too drunk to go to work. So yeah, yeah, some, uh, yeah and so we, they started drinking. Then we did just like the make barbecue and drinking and, and listening music, just having a bunch of fun. And the third day, then this is like where the strongest <laughs> would survive. <laughs> So they're drinking like to get a, over the hangover. There was like probably I went to my house and third day I was living in the house in 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 Pascal and then, and then yeah we have like ten people there and then came uh, some of them from the first day came back. They came back. <laughs> and, See, that was my question exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they come and go basically. So I know next time I'm invited to a Estonian wedding I will make sure that you know get myself prepared for the first day. Second day I rest and the second third day, day I come back. Yeah, if, if you want to party the second day for the guest is probably. The best. If you want to drink, let's say it this way, if you want to drink, probably then. So does the wedding also involve sauna and all this stuff? Because I hate it. No. I really don't enjoy the sauna experience and all this stuff. So, does not really. How was in your case, Stuart? I don't um, know. Well, yeah, we didn't have sauna parties for the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Should be divorce party. On next divorce. Everything is like. Yeah, I called it a re-bachelor party. 
Rebattler. Oh, nice. Rebattler party. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, okay, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Just like a wedding, but everything is going like from ending to backwards yeah backwards starting from the bed with your yeah wife instead of committing yourself to one person you're committing yourself yeah, to everybody yeah, else just leaving your wife <laughs> <laughs> for me i find it fascinating because i mean I, you know us is very traditional you know you're catholic you go through the priest you know all the stuff for me i i'm not a religious person so i kind of get how students feel about all this but uh you know when i tell people like you know people here get married big parties and everything there's no priest on side or there's no religion or churches for all that matter they find it hard to comprehend so i like the fact of the three-day party though i've never been invited so maybe in the next one maybe. yeah but uh, you can't you Sometimes you don't exclude the, the part uh, going to the church as well. That's how sometimes it starts in the church. And you, you know, if you are feeling religious, probably you're not, but you're feeling religious. You have to. You're feeling the Holy Spirit. The yes. touch of God in a <laughs> very, very special moment. I don't know. That's why so many couples in Estonia get married. And why it's almost my favorite word in the Estonian language, Petrokonasesuonet, which means family statistics center. That's where, <laughs> that's where they go there and they get married because they're. Wait, that's where I got married. Yeah. I still don't understand why you got married. You see what I did there? No, we're not going to talk about master. I don't. Do, I, actually, I don't do beats. Do your homework <laughs> next time. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about music. I mean, people know that you're a musician, a performer. Uh, when we did this movie together, this Chuck Band show or Uhemehe show in Estonian, uh, that was the was that the first time you'd ever rapped in English? I started uh, when I was starting uh, rap. I was. Uh, uh, I did it in English because we didn't have Estonian rap, so uh, I have to steal from uh, guys from borrow, the States. You have to borrow. Uh, borrow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adapt. So, so yeah, then we in invented Estonian rap <laughs> after that. One so. of the things that I noticed that when I moved to this country was that every single song, especially from the 80s and early 90s, was a adaptation of yeah, an yeah. English song. So I think... It, it, from the point of view of the legal aspect, I think it's kind of like, you know, weird, uh, but it's kind of, if I was an artist and my songs are being interpreted in a different language, I'll be flattered because, you know, you really transfer the message, really transfer what I'm trying to say when I wrote this song. So in this case, I saw that a lot of happening. I think I really enjoyed that as well. Well, one, arguably one of the most popular Estonian songs from the 1990s would be Kater's Osinene. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's popular. I, I actually I like the song. It's it's energetic. It makes me nostalgic. But that's actually stolen or not stolen. Maybe sampled or, from uh, or. It's called L.A. Story or L.A. Yeah, Story, yeah. something mm -hmm. like that. And uh, it's that's actually the woman singing. So what, who is the dancer in the video? Monica Tubi. Is that her Monica Tubi. Yeah. yeah, she's not actually singing it. Of course, you know, she's just lip syncing. But the American version is also sampled. Most people don't know this. From I think it was a Spanish singer or Portuguese. I, I think Spanish. But it's it's an extremely yeah. slow song. So I actually tracked it down and listened to it, and like, no, I think the uh, I think the techno versions were a lot better. Too. Actually, I have a funny story about this. We were in, uh, when I met my wife, uh, we were dating in, in New York, and at that time, uh, Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock had a nice ballad, and it, we were shopping somewhere, and my her, my wife heard it on the radio, and she flipped out. She's like, oh, "That's Tano Pada." I'm like, "No, that's Kid Rock," you know. And then I realized that she didn't even know that this was actually a copy or. I borrowed some from from uh, from these people. So, but I really enjoyed the fact that they, you know most people can enjoy the lyrics. That it was written in a different language into the uh, Estonian language. I always said it is a beautiful language. So, I really yeah. need to learn it more. <laughs> well, I've told you before how I learned Estonian by watching the A team and reading the subtitles in Estonian. Yeah, that explains my accent because I never, I was never practicing it by speaking it. I was just reading it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have this crazy accent uh, when I when I speak Estonian. For me, it's always been uh, been criticized by the biggest critics in my life, my kids, 
they all say, oh, si no este que le ni ni nalia so imalik or accent on imalik, so I'm like. And that's what a Costa Rican accent sounds like in Estonian. Yeah. <laughs> I like where people uh, talk with accent at school, I think. I, I heard a really good quote recently. Uh, an accent is uh, it's a sign of courage. Yeah, a foreign accent is a yeah, sign of courage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why my wife is very afraid of speaking uh, English. And I was like, why? No, no, I make so many mistakes. I say that I make mistakes, a lot of mistakes. But it takes a courage or just... Absolutely. And the accent is like you, you see it. Well, you've only made eight mistakes in English in the past five minutes. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. You haven't made any, actually. Well, I'm, the main I'm, thing I'm is, surprised. for me, is, <laughs> I, I, for me, I, I find that not because I have an accent, because I do. Uh, I find that a sign of intelligence because that person is not only trying to speak a different language than their own, but chances are this person speaks already two or three different languages. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's always very good. So plus Estonian, as we said before, Estonian language is extremely hard, and you know I always get little compliments of me trying. Well, that's the main mm -hmm. thing you should try. So if you get a chance, please try to learn some Estonian, guys. And that way you too can experience the most common phrase ever said to a foreigner in Estonia who speaks Estonian. Oh, there have been people here for 40 years who can't even say hello. Like, idiot, it's 60 years, do the math. You've been saying that for 20 years already. That's it for today. Genka, thank you very much for joining us. Adios.